The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid TV. I am Davis Maddock, joined by George Kurtz as we try to keep you up to date with everything going on right now in the NBA, the NFL. And uh, I'll go ahead and give you a little bit of hockey news here as we do the show. The NHL is changing its isolation requirement from 10 days to five days. Players can exit five days after if they're asymptomatic and test negative. This is basically what the NFL announced as well. And uh, I would assume that the NBA announcement of following this trend will be coming as well. You know, pretty soon we are, uh, we're not going to have to have guys missing four games. They'll miss two games. And then pretty soon we are, uh, we are, you know, just going to be back to business as usual, because as always with professional sports money is going to talk. We have three bowl games today. They start at uh, 2 15 Eastern time, 1 15 for us here in uh, the heart of the country. The Lakers and Grizzlies headline tonight's nine-game slate in the NBA. Pretty excited to see if LeBron James can keep up with it. We have the NHL returning six games with uh, five games postponed. And uh, basically the best punter any of us have ever seen, Matt Ariza, is skipping his senior year to enter the NFL draft. George, I never, not once in my life, do I remember a punter foregoing their final year at college to go to the NFL. That is, um, I wouldn't, I mean, that's incredible. I, I, maybe the, maybe the Seahawks punter, Michael Dixon, remember this guy who he's not even a big story anymore, but he was kind of the last guy who was like, Oh, this guy's the most amazing punter in the world. Uh, it's, it's a first I've heard of it. All right. That I can remember hearing it. You're right. Maybe it's happened before, but certainly not that I can remember, uh, that our, a punter or a place kicker for that matter foregoes his uh, senior season. I don't really knock him, by the way. I mean, you have you have a finite amount of time to be in the NFL. If you think it'd be a higher draft pick now, why take a chance that you know you get hurt next season in uh, in college or something happens, right? Go, go out and get your money while you can. So I'm not going to knock the guy at all. Uh, but you know, what do you, what do you, what do you think you're going here? You know, you're not going the first couple of rounds. You're still a third day pick, no matter what happens here. So uh, interesting. It's a funny little story, but in the end, probably means very little. Yeah. Okay. I have uh look, we're, we're here. We don't have a ton of player news. I mean, look, we got Dalvin cook off the COVID list. We have Jair Alexander activated from the injured reserve. Uh, Deandre Swift is going to be ready to play in week 17. 
Drew Locke is going to start for the Denver Broncos against the Chargers. Uh, Miles Sanders is not going to be placed on injured reserve. I would be very surprised if he played this week. So there is a, a quick little look around the NFL. But George, I have something much more important for us to discuss. So let's go back to the punter. How good would a punter have to be to justify, let's not say a first round pick, let's say a high pick in the third round or, or a late pick in the second round. How good would a punter have to be what would he have to be able to do? How far would he have to be able to punt it? Let's let's just really break down the punting game in the modern NFL. What would they have to do to be worth a relatively high draft selection? Well, let me ask you this. How important is punting in the NFL right now? All right, with all the rules, that, you know, they want these things to go away. All right, they don't like special teams because that's when players get hurt. Uh, mainly more on kickoffs than punts, but still, that's the game. So you would need a punter who... Uh, not so much distance, you know, probably averaging four, at least 45 yards, but they can hit that ball where it's five second hang time. You probably want somebody with the way the game is uh, played nowadays, there aren't too many three and outs any, anymore. Generally, you're going to get to the ball to the 40, 50 yard line. So you want someone who's very good at directional punting it, right? Can pin the teams inside the 10 yard line. Maybe punt that ball out of bounds inside there. I mean, a second round pick, you better be able to do all of these things. All right. Uh, there's, I, there's no way. There's no way in hell I'm spending a top 64 pick on a punter. Like I said, you'd have to be the next to God. You'd have to be the Tom Brady of punters for me to do that. Not happening. Third, uh, third round pick? No. I don't think I don't think I'm taking a punter at all. Unless, like I said, this guy is so super special, and that's going to translate over to the NFL. Which, granted, it could. If you're that good in college, you should be that good in the NFL. It's not like the ball is all that different. Uh, but I just I can't see it, Davis. But like I said, you'd have to be a hang time five plus seconds and very good at directional punting it. Yeah, uh, I, you're right. I mean, I think even if you could do a 99-yard punt, perfect coffin corner, you know, you're punting from your own end zone, you get the other team out on the one-yard line, I think even that might not justify the uh, the top 64 pick. It's, it's pretty close. Do you know what my favorite play in organized football is, though? It's the misdirection punt return where you send the two guys back the one guy acts like he's going to catch it when the ball is going the other way. I believe the New York Jets did this this last weekend. Uh, the Houston Texans have done it this season. The, the one everyone remembers is the Chicago Bears back when uh, when uh, Dante Hall or I don't even remember Devin, when Devin Hester used to be the returner for them. They used to do that every once in a while, and it's like you can, you can't break it out all that often. But George, that is the best play in pro football, in my opinion. Uh, it's it's just isn't it wacky though? You watch it on TV, you see, like don't these guys look up? I know they they just look at the punt return and see him running. Oh, that's where the ball must be. It's a great play. It's an absolute great play. We did we did see it last week, and I forget who. And the guy's running up the uh, the near sideline here. I agree. It's one of my it's one of my favorite plays as well here because it just always baffles the mind here that all eleven guys nobody decided. Hey, maybe I should look up to go see the football. So uh, I always find that interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's the absolute best. If you've never seen it, uh, don't go anywhere. Wait for another 45 minutes. Wait till the show is over. Wait till after fantasy reality. Go on YouTube. Go find it. You will uh, you will enjoy seeing it, uh, no doubt. But we got an action-packed second half of the show for you here. Some NBA DFS, some championship question marks. So stay tuned here with George and I. Brett's going to come in, and we will be back here in just a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
everyone, and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid TV. I am Davis Maddock. We're going to give George Kurtz a little bit of a rest as we are going to discuss some NBA DFS tonight on FanDuel with our producer, Brett Levy. As always, we are going to run through his FanDuel NBA DFS lineup, uh, and I will go ahead and highlight some injuries after we uh, run through that to give people an idea of what they might need to be watching for tonight as they set our lineup. So, George, uh, not George, Brett, let's go ahead and uh, take a look at your lineup tonight, starting with the backcourt. Yeah, so Davis, uh, Peyton Pritchard's played really well for the Boston Celtics here. While they're battling their COVID stuff going on up in Boston, so... Peyton Pritchard's been starting for the Celtics, playing big minutes, making the most of them. Uh, really good, you know, assist to turnover type of guy. Not a huge score or anything like that, but going to control the game. Jalen Brunson, been playing well for the Mavericks. While he's been filling in for Luka Doncic as the primary ball handler, Davis, we've mentioned it a few times, he's played pretty well. Uh, I actually really like the Mavericks tonight, going up against Sacramento on a back-to-back, so... Uh, Dallas is an interesting team to watch tonight. Desmond Bain has been phenomenal for the Grizzlies, so I'm just going to ride the hot streak here, Davis. Uh, also, I picked him up in our in my season-long league, and he's been fantastic there. Top 50 player over the last month in the NBA and fantasy. And then Karis LeVert. Uh, look, Pacers need somebody to score the basketball. Uh, pretty good matchup coming up tonight, so... Uh, I think against the Charlotte Hornets, not exactly the strongest defensive team in the league. So I think Karras can find some scoring opportunities for the Pacers tonight. Yeah, I uh, I like these backcourt selections. Peyton Pritchard, not going to be a name that uh, loads of people are super familiar with, but he's the only guard left. This is it. The uh, if, if the Boston Celtics want to play point guard tonight, they're going to have to play Peyton Pritchard like 38, 39, 40 minutes unless they want, you know, Jalen Brown playing point guard. Now, Marcus Smart is questionable for this game, but he is pretty banged up. The last time we saw him playing with that hip injury, he did not play particularly well. So I, I am uh, loving that one. You're right. Desmond Bain is super hot right now um just uh they, he is he has really helped keep the grizzlies afloat as they were playing without john morant so i am on board with that one of course jalen brunson with no Doncic, don't have any problem with that and you're right karis Levert. i've always been um, a fan of his game one thing to note there kemba walker is doubtful tonight for the Knicks, so their point guard rotation is going to be a little bit up in flux so we'll see if we get a value play there now let's go ahead and take a look, Brett, at what you have going on in the front court. Yeah, so Davis, uh, no Paul George for the Celtics. Terrence Mann is a guy who I really like in the NBA. I think he's a great two-way player. Um, and I think the Celtics like, or excuse me, the Clippers like him as well because uh, he, he gets a lot of minutes when a guy in the starting rotation is out. So look for Terrence Mann to kind of have a bounce-back game here tonight. Cam Reddish. The Hawks are very depleted, although I think I saw right before the show they were getting at least one of their guys that they signed with all the COVID stuff going on who then only played one game, but now he's coming back. So Hawks are starting to get some reinforcements, but Cam Reddish is still going to be playing the bulk of the minutes there at the wing position. Keldon Johnson, a guy I like for the Spurs. Greg Popovich selected him on Team USA this summer. There's a lot of trust between those two. Played really well in the Laker game the other night, Davis. So uh, I'm hoping he can keep building on that momentum. 
Bojan Bogdanovic, a little bit of a price saver so I could set, uh, spend up at center uh, and get Kristaps Porzingis because I think Porzingis is a pretty soft matchup against Marvin Bagley tonight for the uh, Sacramento Kings Davis. And I, I think um, my advice would be to play Porzingis tonight. I, I normally am not very strong like that, but uh, I'm just I'm just not really a Marvin Bagley believer. This is a guy that refused to check into a game earlier in the year for the Sacramento Kings. I don't know how how body and he is to winning basketball per se. It seems like he's got a little bit of a me me attitude, and uh, that that could be tough, Davis. That could be tough to deal with for any organization. Yeah. Um, all right. So we have uh, some we have some injury stuff to cover here. So Malcolm Brogdon, we already talked about Karis Levert. He is questionable. The Lakers have loads of wings who are questionable. Austin Reeves, Wayne Ellington. Kent Bazemore, all of those guys on the wing are questionable for the Lakers. Now, big stuff happening with the Miami Heat as well. Not only uh, are they dealing with injuries to, you know, the usual guys, health and safety protocols for Kyle Lowry. Jimmy Butler is banged up again, which uh, I, I can't believe we're here. So Tyler Hero, of course, you knew we were going to get the mention of my guy. Tyler Hero with Jimmy Butler banged up. He's only 6,200 on DraftKings. But how about this name, Brett? Omir Yurt7 starting at center for the Miami Heat with all of these guys banged up. He started last night. He is uh, 5,500 on DraftKings. I think he looks like a, a super strong option that we are going to be dealing tonight. I, I wonder, you know all these guys. Can you tell me anything about Omir Yurt7 for the Miami Heat? I can uh, probably tell you too much about Omir Yurt7. Uh, started his career at NC State, was part of the Dennis Smith recruiting class there, Davis, ends up transferring to Georgetown, plays okay, wasn't really anything special, didn't live up to the hype, he came in as an overseas player in college, been in the G League, really developing his game, obviously the Bam Adebayo injury, been big in Miami, so look, Yurt7 is uh, taking advantage of a situation here, he's obviously put in a lot of work, from his time at NC State throughout Georgetown, the G League, uh, obviously had some really good coaching, you know, going to an ACC school and then playing for Pat Ewing as well, Davis. Uh, and I believe when he was with OKC, uh, the OKC Blue, the guy who's coaching the Thunder now was the head coach of the Oklahoma City Blue. So NBA coach, coaching him in the G League as well. So uh, I think he's just maximizing his opportunity and Look, this was a guy coming in, I, I believe he's Turkish, uh, as a 17-year-old to college basketball. There was a lot of hype around him, a lot of hype about that NC State recruiting class, Dennis Smith Jr., a top five recruit in that class, and just didn't go according to plan, although they won a big game at Duke that year. I'm sure a lot of people remember Dennis Smith Jr.'s dunk in that game. Uh, but it's nice to see you know, these guys keep grinding in the G League, you know, maybe doesn't work out at their first school, Davis, and and you get these COVID opportunities, and and he looks like a guy that is going to be in NBA rotations for the foreseeable future here, uh, because of what he's been able to do for Miami. He's he's gonna play over Deadman for sure. Uh, he's taken Deadman's minutes. Yeah, he has. Uh, and then of course you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt we had to touch on my Oklahoma City Thunder with no Josh Giddy. Uh, so we got loads of minutes for my guy, Lou Dort, probably 33, 34 minutes. Uh, and then I was wondering if I could talk you into my guy, Isaiah Roby, 
minimum price tonight for the Oklahoma City Thunder, $3,500 on FanDuel. I, I really like Roby. I was kind of surprised that they've been starting uh, what, what's Jeremiah Robinson Earl as a, as one of their bigs. I Because I kind of thought Roby played well enough last year to be considered kind of a core piece for the team this year. Yeah, the hope is to develop Roby into a stretch four, stretch five. Uh, you know, they kind of have Mike Muscala playing that role as well, Davis. Uh, Darius Baisley they're working on developing. So they've got a lot of pieces they're trying to develop there in Oklahoma City. And I think they'd just be happy if, you know, two of the five hit, right? Like, they're not trying to hit on all five of these guys. They're they're going, hey, whoever works out, we're going to be happy with. And uh, they're just working out the minutes like that, Davis. So I think that's kind of why you get some inconsistent minutes in the OKC front court. Yeah, I mean, if they so so Shea and Dort they know will be on their next good team. But if they get one good player right now, just one. I mean, literally one good player, whether it be Giddy, whether it be Robinson Earl, it doesn't matter. I think they are probably happy. Everyone, we are going to go ahead and run into a break here. Make sure to check out DailyRoto.com for your free NBA projections and optimizer. George and I will be back on Fantasy Football Championships here in just a moment on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid TV. I am Davis Maddock, rejoined by George Kurtz. If you missed our FanDuel NBA DFS segment, we just covered that. You can go back and watch that on demand on any variety of platforms. And now we, uh, we're going to get into some tough decisions that lots of people might have here as they head to their fantasy football championship. We're going to take a look at some struggling offenses and see if we can trust any of their guys as starts this week, or if we might be better, you know, going for a secondary player on a good offense, or maybe uh, mining onto the waiver wire. And we're going to begin with the New England Patriots. So we have Mac Jones. You definitely might be starting him in a super flex or a two quarterback league if you've gotten there. We have Damian Harris. And uh, look, Andre Stevenson should be back this week. They're still playing Brandon Bolden on third downs. And Damian Harris had a huge game last week. But just via the touchdowns, and he's certainly not locked into getting all those touchdowns. Kendrick Bourne back off the COVID list. Jacoby Myers has a huge target share, but only one touchdown on the season. In fact, only one touchdown in his career. And then Hunter Henry, after that great run, George, one catch last week for seven yards. So certainly not the best performance by Hunter Henry. What are we thinking about the New England Patriots from a fantasy football perspective this week? Well, your upside is limited. I mean, this almost the safe play. I understand they got the good matchup, and maybe that's why we're looking at these guys more. But you know, I don't think there's any denying right now that out of the rookie quarterbacks, you know, Trey Lance we haven't really seen. Justin Fields looks good when he's out there, but it's uh, injured a lot. Uh, Lawrence and Wilson haven't looked good for the most part at all. Mac Jones has been the best so far, but he's been protected. Protected by Belichick, protected by McDaniels, right? They're not asking him to do all that much. He's definitely a game manager right now. I don't think that changes on Sunday. So with all these guys, you're actually your upside is limited. I probably like Damian Harris the most. I'm probably starting him, and if I have him, odds are I'm starting him. It'd be tough for me to find better running backs on my team or a flex spot for that. 
Everybody else, with the exception of Hunter Henry, and I only say Hunter Henry because there's not much there at tight end. All right, he's been great for touchdown deodorant most of the season. He's got a lot of touchdowns. Last week it didn't happen. So I'll take a chance that it happens this week again. But like I said, mainly because odds are I have nobody else. And I'm, if I still have Hunter Henry on my team, it probably means I don't have any other tight ends. If I'm holding on to two tight ends, I have to ask myself why. Why would I have Henry and Kyle Pitts? Wouldn't make any sense. That, that spot should be used for another wide receiver or another running back there. So Henry likely goes for me as well. I can't see myself starting the wide receivers. I can't see myself starting the wide receivers either. I think you are. Uh, I think you are 100% correct. Or even Hunter Henry, honestly, I think is thin. Um, you know, I might be. I might be looking at the waiver wire if Hunter Henry was one of my fantasy starters at uh, at this point, which we talked a little bit about earlier. That there's a good chance that uh, even in the fantasy football playoffs, you still might not have your tight end position solved here in championship week. Moving to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I have Ryan Tannehill in a league where I'm in the finals and I'm benching him. I just, I cannot do it. He has played so bad. The Titans have looked so egregious on offense other than when throwing to AJ Brown. Now, of course you're starting AJ Brown, but we have Dante Foreman in this three-way timeshare. Him, McNichols, Dontrell Hilliard. Foreman had nine carries for 17 yards on Thursday night. Did get the short yardage touchdown, but looked awful other than that. Jeff Swaim has been their leading receiver at tight end, but he's splitting time with Ferkser and Pruitt and Torrey Carter. And then Brett didn't even feel the need to put Julio Jones's name on this list, which might tell you all that we need to know. Oh, Julio Jones is out. So there we go. I uh, I missed that one. So there we go. We got the Tennessee Titans. What's uh What's our plan there? Uh, they're playing. Uh, we're playing Miami, and we know one thing about Miami. They're coming for your quarterback, right? They're coming. They're blitzing from everywhere. It's what they believe in right now. Uh, Tennessee. I mean, their magic number is one uh, to win that division here. Any uh, win by them or lost by the Colts, they'll win it. They haven't played well in a while. I am probably starting A.J. Brown. I Once again, I don't know if I have three better wide receivers and a better flex than A.J. Brown. Had a monster game last week. That being said, I expect that to be kept in check this week. I am not starting anybody else. You mentioned you're not starting downhill. I don't want to start him either in anything other than a super flex league. And even then, I wouldn't be thrilled about it, but you probably have to. No interest in Foreman. No interest in Swaim here. As I said, A.J. Brown, likely I have to start him. Yeah, I think, I mean, look, imagine sitting A.J. Brown and he goes off, right? 12 receptions, 150 yards, two touchdowns. I can't live through that. So if you made it this far with A.J. Brown, I think you I think you absolutely have to start him. Uh, we did see some concerning stuff from the Las Vegas Raiders last week, notably that Hunter Renfro finally had uh, a bad game. So we have Derek Carr, again, super flex, two-quarterback league. Would I start Trey Lance over Derek Carr? 100%, not even close. Um, and I, I think you might be debating. Now, Josh Jacobs didn't get the touchdown last week. Uh, he did lose a little bit of work to Peyton Barber, a little bit of work to Jalen Rashard. I could see being concerned about that here in championship week. Zay Jones actually led the Las Vegas Raiders in targets last week. Probably the biggest question, though, is it does look like Darren Waller is going to play this week for the Las Vegas Raiders. George, do you have it in you to start him here coming off of this injury? Well, as with most questions, who else am I going to start over him? I, unlikely that I have two good tight ends if I don't have Moreau. And he, by the way, even if I do have Moreau, well, is going to be more valuable than him this week. They're not going to split targets there. Uh, so you, you might have someone like the guys we talked about in what, segment three, Everett. 
you know, got someone like that, you know, Cole Komet. I mean, no, no, I'm going to have to go with Waller. Will it scare the life out of me? Sure. But odds are, if we go to the waiver wire, they're all going to scare the life out of you. So at least I'll go with the guy who, in some ways, brought me here. Other than that, I mean, I'm still likely to go with Renfro here in any kind of PPR leagues. I think the catches will come there against uh, Indianapolis. I understand he had a bad week last week. Listen, it happens here. Once again, sort of a limited upside here. He's not really a touchdown guy. He's not a big yardage guy. He's a reception guy. So I need those uh, receptions, and I need that yards to add up to him. be nice if he gets in the end zone, but that's a bonus. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I mean, he's going to be my top 24. So odds are he's starting for you as well here. Uh, Peyton Barber, that was a vulture. That was nothing but a vulture last week. Uh, frustrating if you had Josh Jacobs there. Uh, Derek Carr, I don't want to start either. So Jacobs, likely. Renfro, probably. Waller, I just can't see you doing better. I'm not excited about any of them, but those are the three I would start. Yep. All right. And then our, our final team, they basically struggled all year long, but we have the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields, um, look, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Justin Fields this year. They, they win last week without him. Uh, Fields had finally started running quite a bit before he hurt his ankle, ran quite a bit against the Vikings, got the 75 rushing yards in that crazy game against the Green Bay Packers that was really uh, his best fantasy game of the season. And uh, you want to talk about ideal matchups, I don't really think it gets more ideal right now than facing the New York Giants. They are... Giants are the most pathetic team in the NFL, so certainly the opportunity is going to be there. David Montgomery, clear start. I mean, top 10 running back this week. He's the only running back who's got over 20% of his team's targets in every game over the last month of the season. Mooney, maybe a little bit more interesting. Nine targets against Seattle, seven targets against Minnesota, five targets against Green Bay, seven targets against Arizona, eight against Detroit, 16 in that crazy game against Baltimore. I feel like I probably would actually err on the side of, of starting Mooney. And then Komet is uh, is even more interesting as well because I don't know if any player has played as many snaps this year and been targeted as often as Komet and been not productive. Uh, I actually looked this up the other day. LaVisca Chenault is first in the NFL with 90 targets and no touchdowns. Komet is second with 83 targets and no touchdowns. What are we thinking about the Chicago Bears against the Giants this week? You know, uh, I, I find this game kind of funny because the Giants have the Bears' first-round pick. So it's sort of a no-win uh, no game or no-lose game for the Giants, right? They win, okay, the Bears get a lower pick. Uh, Giants win, they get a lower, whatever. So a uh, game I just don't don't want to watch either. I think now we've heard from Joe Judge that Fromm and Glennon are going to split the start. They're both going to play. Yeah, that works. Uh, there'll be no problems there. Uh, you're starting Montgomery. And I think, once again, I think he'll be an RB1 this week. So I like Montgomery a whole bunch. Don't know if I can start Fields. It really comes down to who else should go there. I know I've been crying about Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins all game. I don't know if I can put Fields in over one of those two because of the weather there. Once again, Green Bay Sunday night, minus 11 degrees with the wind chill there. Uh, I would certainly think about it because I do look, Fields looked good that last game he played, right? That uh, was a Sunday night or the Monday night game through a 285 yards, something like that. So he looked good here. And I think he's going to be good as he plays more and more here. Uh, I am going to start the other guys I'm interested in, Mooney. Komet, I would start over Graham. Uh, you said it, not going to get a touchdown. So like Miles Sanders, right? I'm going to do some damage for you, but just not get in the end zone. That's not what he does or not when they look for him here. So I'm starting Montgomery, likely starting Mooney, probably starting Komet. Uh, I'm not going to start Graham. Fields comes down to who else. And, uh, you know, it's funny. The more I think about this, I think I would start. I certainly would start Fields over Cousins. 
I'm still not sure about Avalon, but I'm getting closer and closer to wanting to pull that trigger as well. Yeah, uh, look, and, and uh, you know, running quarterbacks, I think the one thing we can say about Fields and Lance and those guys is it's very unlikely they're leaving you with like four points. You know, they're just they're just going to do enough to get you. I mean, look, if, if it's a close game, the difference between 15 points or, or you know, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw a passing touchdown in that game, he literally might get four. And I don't think Fields or Lance are going to do that for you that often. Uh, going to go ahead and update you guys on some more news as we head out of this segment. The Titans were able to activate their left tackle, Tyler Luan, from the COVID-19 list. So that is, uh, that's going to be a big improvement, I think, for Donta Foreman and for Ryan Tannehill. So maybe I need to uh, change my mind there. We also had... Over 15 guys activated for the Houston Texans off the COVID list, including Brandon Cooks. So if you have Brandon Cooks, I think you can probably start him this week. And then head coach Cliff Kingsbury said that Rondale Moore is going to be a game-time decision. He might not matter this much and that much this week, but we do need to think about Zach Ertz. Heading to break real quick, George and I will be back with Fantasy or Reality here in just a moment on FSP. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid TV. I am Davis Maddock, joined by George Kurtz. Before we get into fantasy or reality, I need to remind everyone to please follow us on social media at Sports Grid and at Sports Grid TV on Twitter. You can also follow Sports Grid on Instagram. It's your Sports Grid there. Very easy. If you follow at Sports Grid and at Sports Grid TV, you're going to get all the injury news, notes, highlights, analysis, all of the best stuff going on in the worlds of sports. We're going to keep you up to date with all of the big COVID news. You're going to get highlights from all of the programming here on the network, Fantasy Sports Today, this program, in-game live, Pharrell Coast to Coast, the early line, all of the amazing stuff going on on Sports Grid. And now George and I are going to get ready to be joined by Brett Levy, for fantasy or reality. All right, guys. Well, yesterday, the Jacksonville Jaguars unveiled a laundry list of candidates that they're going to interview for their head coaching vacancy. But the name that stuck out to everyone was offensive coordinator of the Buccaneers, Byron Leftwich, who was a former first-round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, George, we'll start with you for this one. Tom Brady's, you know, offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, will be the next Jaguars head coach. George, is this a fantasy or reality? Uh, he certainly got a shot there. All right, they pretty much asked to interview with the new rules in the NFL. As long as you have fired your coach or you've let it be known that you're going to change coaches at the end of the year, you're allowed to interview uh, coaches now. It's all virtual for that matter. It's not in person. Uh, so they've interviewed or they're interviewing Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, Byron Left, which you mentioned, and I think three or four others. So they've got a lot of interviews set up here. Once again, if I'm betting on this, I'll take the field. Just because, hey, there's a lot of guys going there. Uh, do I think Byron Leftwich has a shot at the job? I do. I do. I think he's uh, 
I think it'd be close whether or not uh, he'll get one this year or it's next year. What about Eric Bieniemy? We haven't really hearing about his name either. I think he has to be in this field somewhere also. I think uh, with the uh, left witch, you know, same state. He's done a pretty good job there in uh, Tampa Bay. But is it him? Is it Brady? You know, how much has he had to do there? That sort of thing there. I'll say this is fantasy only because, like I said, I'll take the field that someone else will get a job other than him. I think he deserves a shot at it. Maybe it's a job with somebody else. Chicago Bears, I think, are going to be hiring somebody, I assume. Uh, Broncos could be in the market. Giants could be in the market. I mean, I mean come on. Every offseason between six and nine, I think the average is seven NFL teams every offseason, which is amazing that seven head coaches get fired or they've already been fired or be replaced. Every offseason, Seattle could be an option for uh, if Pete Carroll uh, goes away there. So I think he might have a shot here, but I'll take the field with someone else besides him for Jacksonville. Yeah, Brett was definitely right when he said a laundry list because apparently the Jaguars interviewed uh, or want to interview Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. That is the offensive and defensive coordinators for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, there were, I don't know, four or five other names mentioned in uh, as well in connection with that job. And I was actually talking about this on Twitter yesterday and people were making it sound like this is sort of an attractive job. They're going to have a high pick in the draft this year. They can trade back if they need to. Maybe they're able to make two or three first-round selections. They have Trevor Lawrence, who has played poorly this year, but is you know eight months removed away from being the number one pick in the NFL draft and was thought of highly for a long time. They're not in a bad cap situation. Now, the, the big problem is they, they just have no good players. I mean, they, they do not have any blue-chip players on offense other than Trevor Lawrence. And they don't really have very many good defensive players either. It's just a, a bad roster that will really need to be turned over. So that's a problem. Uh, I, I think that, you know, for Byron Leftwich, it is a much better job for him to take than it would be for Kellen Moore to take the job. I do think George's point is is accurate, which is, you know, for, for betting on this, we would want to take the field. But I do think Leftwich is the most likely guy to take the job at this point. So I, I'm, I'm going to say reality, Byron Leftwich will be the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Well, we got some really sad news, and we've spoken about it uh, throughout the day here. But John Madden passed away last night. He, uh, Pat Summerall, passed away a few years ago. So both halves of the legendary duo have now left us. But Davis, we'll start with you for this one. Pat Summerall and John Madden are the best broadcast team in sports history is this a fantasy or reality i mean i gotta say i gotta say that it is a reality you know just thinking about like what sounds do i associate with sports like whose voices do i associate now uh you know there are some great guys who who would not have been in that list right howard cassell which is before my time uh, Bob Costas. Uh, we, I think we all love. Well, George probably doesn't, but I, I love the uh, the TNT NBA broadcast, right? The the Iron Eagle, uh, the the Bang, and and you know if we're if we're including it to television programming, I think the Inside the NBA crew, Ernie Johnson, Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, and Shaquille O'Neal, those guys are uh, are absolutely fantastic. But I will. I will go ahead and say this is a reality just because when I think of, you know, these guys were the commentators on Madden when I was like really learning about and learning to love football. And John Madden was always on TV, of course, on the Thanksgiving Day games when I was growing up, which are some of my favorite memories of the NFL because the Cowboys, by and large, do 
you know, kick butt on uh, on Thanksgiving. So, so I'm going to go ahead and say reality, George. Uh, this is, I think, this is a reality for me as well. Now, you bring it up interesting. Howard Cosell, uh, Frank Gifford, Don Meredith on uh, the Monday Night Football, especially in the '70s. Sure, I remember those very, very well. There, I just think this one was different. Uh, with with these two, like I said, I can't say enough how Madden brought his love to the game and the way he explained things. Yeah, he was a little crazy with the telestrate, and it was funny stuff. You know, Nate Newton, you could cook burgers on his head because he had steam coming out of his head uh, there, and how the steam is that. That's where the the body's heat escapes, stuff like that. I mean, but he was great. He was just great. It was just it was fun. It was fun. You you knew it was a big game when Summerall and Madden were there. Summerall, the understated guy. You know, uh, I mean, remember so many. You know, Aikman, Irvin. Touchdown Dallas, you know, stuff like that. Just fantastic. Uh, big fans here. I think they're the, this duo is the best. I don't think it's a lock. Al Michaels, very good. Vince Scully in baseball. Uh, Mel Allen in baseball. I mean, Joe Garagiola on the Saturday, uh, Monday night baseball. Uh, once again, with Howard Cosell. There were a lot of guys who were close and were outstanding and excellent. Uh, but for me, yeah, I think it's Summerall and Madden will be a, a reality, the best duo ever. I said, I don't think it's all a, a runaway, a walk, you know, easy, but uh, hard for me not to say these two. Everything Madden brought to the game, I just thought was fantastic. He's the one, by the way, who started where the uh, broadcast team would have interviews with the head coach. They never did that before, you know, and the quarterback. I mean, weird that you wouldn't do sort of that, but he said, oh, we got to do this. You know, once again, he's the former head coach. He knew what, uh, where to go for the information, and people would tell him things because he was in the industry, and he, I guess he had that kind of personality. And he never—they never broke trust. Anything that was told to them, they didn't let out on air until it didn't matter anymore. So, uh, yeah, reality for me, Brett. Summer on Madden, best ever. All right. Well, our last one of the day. Some more sad news: Maria Shriver and Arnold Schwarzenegger have finalized their divorce. So, uh, the 25-year marriage between the two is over. But we're going to be focused on Arnold Schwarzenegger's acting career here. George, we'll start with you for this one. You have seen all the Terminator movies. Is this a fantasy or reality? Terminator, uh, I'll be back. Uh, I'm a a Schwarzenegger guy. I wasn't a, uh, I didn't like the uh, the Conan's, you know, so I didn't like, I think those were his first movies made before of a Terminator. Uh, Then when the Terminator came out, yeah, that's my kind of flick. All right, that is definitely my kind of movie with Michael Bean, Linda Hamilton. Uh, yes, I have seen all of the Terminator movies. I have at least four of them still on DVD in the other room uh, here. So uh, I'm a fan, especially the first two were fantastic. I did see the last one in the theaters where, where he's, what, he's, he's a recluse. He's a Terminator and a recluse who has a family and whatever. You know, it's in the woods somewhere. Strange, but okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of the Terminator movies. I like them a lot. I could watch the original and Terminator 2 over and over and over again and would have no problem doing so. Good flicks. The original Terminator almost cost nothing to make, yet grossed a gazillion dollars there. So it's one of the higher higher grossing movies of all time here. So, uh, yes, reality. I've seen them all. Fantasy. Not only have I not seen them all, I have not seen one of them and this is kind of the way it works for me with 80s movies it's just kind of the way it works for me with 80s movies either i've seen all of them so i go back and i see every single one of them right um you know indiana jones seen all of them like 20 times star wars seen all of them you know like 50 times just just up and down uh but like you know some some great movies like i know they're really good uh terminator haven't seen any of them blade runner haven't seen any of them uh 
what are some other ones? Total Recall, never seen that. Die Hard, uh, Road Lethal Weapon. Die Hard, never seen Die Hard, never seen Lethal Weapon, never seen uh, Roadhouse, never seen Dirty Dancing, like all, all the Swayze movies, never saw never saw any of those, man. But what are what are the the, the George Kurtz's must watch 1980s movies that I got to add to my list? Well, you say, yeah, Die Hard, you have to watch. I mean, uh, and it is a Christmas movie. Lethal Weapon, like I said, uh, will be there. Absolutely uh, must watch. Uh, you said Raising of a Lost Dog, so at least you've seen those. Uh, I'll give you that. But there are so many good flicks. Uh, you said uh, so many. I mean, take Schwarzenegger, Chuck Norris, Sylvester Stallone. You want to go Steven Seagal, his uh, three-letter movies, Above the Law or Alpha Justice. I know he's an idiot, but the movies are entertaining. You know, stuff like that. You can go on and on, though, with all the action guys. Chuck Norris, Delta Force. You know, I can watch I can watch all of his flicks. Uh, Invasion USA. Uh, I can just go over and over again there. Just find your, find whatever hero you like and watch all his movies. They're all the same. You know, bad things happen at first, and then he goes out and kicks butt for the next hour and a half. All right, I got a we we got we got two minutes here, so I'll go ahead and drop a hot take since this is a, a great space for it. I think The Dark Knight Rises is better than The Dark Knight and Batman Begins. Everyone talks about The Dark Knight, right? Heath Ledger, the Joker, the bank robbery scene, all of it. I think The Dark Knight Rises with Tom Hardy as Bane. I think it's a better movie. I enjoy it. I've 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 rewatched it more times. That is my that is my big pop culture movie hot take for the day after admitting to have never seen Terminator. I like both uh, Bane and uh, Heath Ledger. I absolutely like both, but I the Heath Ledger one, uh, mainly because I'd seen him in other movies and I did not see that kind of performance coming. My God, was that fan. I thought he was fantastic as the Joker. Just fantastic. Uh, you know, so I'll, uh, I'm not going to knock you folks. I think the Bane one was very good too, but I love the Heath Ledger one there. It's a shame that he's no longer with us today. I would have liked to see how that maybe continued. So uh, give me the Heath Ledger one there. So uh, interesting hot take. Can't knock you folks. I do like the other one as well. Yeah, and uh, I know that there is uh, there's a new Batman movie coming out. It might already be out with uh, with Robert Pattinson, and I'm I'm hoping it's good. But I also hope that I am not one of these people that only likes like the the childhood version of the thing they like. So like I love Batman, right? Batman the best. Uh, but for me, well, I mean Kevin Conroy is actually Batman. If I'm thinking about it, you know Kevin Conroy from Batman the Animated Series. But Christian Bale is my live action Batman, and I hope that I don't turn into one of those grumpy old people that doesn't like the Robert Pattinson Batman because he's not Batman for me. So I, I am uh, trying to be mentally aware of, uh, of that as I head into watching that movie. Still need to see The Matrix 4. That's on the agenda for this weekend. Heading into break here. When we get back, George and I will be doing our Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our final segment here on Sports Grid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by George Kurtz. As we get to our final segment on the show, everyone loves it, the Sports Grid 60. All right, 
your finals are this week, right? You're playing uh, in your finals. You're going to try to win your uh, league. Take a look at the other team you're playing here. Uh, even if you, your lineup is set, you don't need anybody else. Take a look at your, the other team you're playing here. Don't be afraid to grab some players. Remember, anybody that's on your bench, you don't need them anymore. You know, you have scrubs on there. Get rid of them and claim players that the other person might grab. If I'm playing Davis Maddock, I'm looking who he might need. And, you know, anything I think he might have a problem with. If he needs a quarterback, I'll claim three quarterbacks. I don't care about my bench anymore. I don't need it. Uh, you do want to be somewhat careful with COVID coming around here that you are you have backups just in case someone goes on the COVID list here. And that being said, Travis Kelsey just came, uh, is practicing today. But uh, now's the time. Your bench doesn't matter at all now. Make sure you're playing some defense and playing some offense. Good luck this weekend, and Happy New Year, everybody. Great advice from George, as always. In fact, he just reminded me to go ahead and check the couple of leagues that I was in to uh, make sure to nab up some guys that I don't want my opponent to uh, tap. And in fact, George, I did that last week. I picked up Isaiah McKenzie and Josh Palmer so that my opponent couldn't have them, and uh, it ended up delivering me a win. Had they picked up Josh Palmer and started Josh Palmer over, I, I think, Jerry Judy, if memory serves, uh, that would have been the difference between a win and a loss for me. So very excited to do that. Just a quick little thing for me here on the NFL COVID protocols. I think it's probably best uh, at this point for us to not complain because we all want football. Let's let us be very honest about the activity that we are engaging into. Is this best for their health for stopping the spread of the coronavirus? No. Is it best for football continuing? Yes. Follow the money as always. And that'll tell you the story. Everyone, thank you very much for watching Sports Grid TV today. And uh, everyone, stay tuned. Thank you to Brett. Thank you to everyone over at LPN. Thank you to George. We'll be back tomorrow with Craig Mish. Have a nice day, everybody. There are a lot of sports talk networks out there, but we're the one that gives you actionable insights on gaming, odds, and more. The others? Nah. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.